This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and thanks for joining me today on Friday. Here comes the weekend. Love the weekend. This is the Friday edition of Invest Talk. And looking at the calendar, today is August 24th. Only one more week remaining before September. The Labor Day holiday will be next weekend. Well, for most of us. And that means the end of summer, generally speaking. I'm Steve Peasley. And speaking of calendar dates, my portfolio review appointment scheduled for August 29th. That's next Wednesday or this coming Wednesday in San Jose. It's filled. Are we all? They're all filled. I can't take any more. Uh, my voice will give up by the end of the day. It just will. I will be meeting with a number of Talk listeners, and I'll be working with them to fine-tune their portfolio, hopefully. In other words, I will show them how they can improve their earnings, if that's the goal. I always enjoy the challenge in, uh, of looking at these different portfolios. They're all different. It's amazing how different people think and build their portfolios. It's very individual. Now, August 29th in San Jose is already sold out, but it doesn't mean you cannot reach me and we cannot, you know, benefit from a meeting either through the phone or on the air or through, you know, uh, meetings. I'll be in San Jose and there every month. So I invite you to call the KPP Financial Office in Data Point in Southern California. I can help you. Justin Klein can help you. But we got to reach out. To, you have to reach us. You know, we ha- I don't. I don't try. I do my best not to be a pest for people. So you have to reach out. Okay, what's going on today in the world of market news and investing? The Federal Reserve Chairman Powell spoke. He's presiding over that monetary uh, meetings in Wyoming, as I mentioned, and he, he did talk about interest rates. I want to. If you stay tuned, I'll talk about that. We're going to discuss that. It's pretty interesting. Also, younger drivers are more reliant on credit, with 64% taking car loans to fund a purchase compared with 38% of people 37 to 54 years old. That might be because they just have more money, but is it a generation change? Don't know. Well, look at that. It's Friday, and as usual, I'll have a sneak peek at what we covered in the KBP Premium Newsletter which was distributed today to subscribers. But first, let's get to our Q&A session underway with a pre-recorded call that came in earlier on our Anytime Listener Line, 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. I was just calling to let you know that I'm a new listener. My name is uh, Keith from Florida. Very impressed with your program. I had a question about a new um, investment thesis I have, and I wanted to see your opinion of it. Rising interest rates and the changes that were made to Dodd-Frank, I've recently become interested in small banks. There's a few tickers I could throw out there, but more just in general, interested in your opinion about this area of investment moving forward over the next three to five years, if you had any suggestions. Yeah, keep up the good work. I hope to um, call in again. Thank you. Bye. Well, I can't make any suggestions, but I do like the intermediate size bank, not the regional banks, I should say. The regional banks are more attractive to me than the very large banks or the very small banks. The regional banks, I think, uh, have a better, uh, better prospects going forward. 
And yeah, I think that's a good area to look into right now. Um, but I can't give you a list. You know, I, I, the SEC requires that I know my clients and I just can't give out lists of stocks or recommendations. I can only answer questions when somebody brings me a question about a stock. But again, I do like the regional banks. I'm not keen on the big Wall Street banks at this point. Um, but I appreciate the call. Thank you. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, the KPP Premium Newsletter went out today. As always, it goes out every Friday to subscribers. And I focused the week on, focused the conditions, mar the market, section, market conditions section is the first one, and I focused on a few things. And one, some of them are, you know, bright spots in the numbers, economic numbers that reported. We had a five-decade low in unemployment claims this week. That's a leading economic indicator, you know. And employers are saying they are having trouble finding skilled labor while corporate earnings have been and continue to grow robustly. At the same time, they are spending more to improve their productivity, which is a really good sign. It is fairly safe to say the economy is at a peak. Okay, we can say that. And the stock market has almost recovered all of it lost in February. Today was a good day, up day on the market. So that also was telling us that maybe the Dow's still below, but the S&P broke through the peak in February. It still don't get too excited yet. I'm not trying to get, but the market has been fairly, fairly resilient. But I, I do have want to talk about September and its historical things. But the newsletter, I also had the, you know, we had a portfolio management section uh, talk about things that investors, you know need to know, both concerning the equities market and the economy. Also, there are psychological traps that I talked about, where fear, fear and greed influence decisions. For instance, one of the psychological traps I mentioned was confirmation trap. And that's when, when someone uh, seeks out a confirmation of their prowess of picking out a stock. In other words, they go talk to somebody, tell them what they want to buy or what they did buy, and they're looking for confirmation that that was a good decision. Why is it a trap? Because almost everybody goes looks for people's opinions that agree with them. So you're, you're not getting an, 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 a, a clear and honest picture. You're just talking to people that have similar views as you. Well, that kind of skews. That's a trap. You want you want someone who thinks it's not good, so you can hear their reasons and judge for, try to be more uh, practical about the decision, more uh, you know scientific about the decision, not just for people. You don't want a yes man or a woman agreeing with everything you do. That's a trap. That's a psychological trap. In Consumer Watch, I made some observation about baby boomers who are facing. Uh, uh, longer working years because they didn't save enough money. They're burning through it too fast. So, talked about that. On the stock ideas, I gave a couple of stocks. One, a big defense contractor, $25 billion in sales. Uh, operates in five segments of military spending. And then the, world, the world's largest, the U.S. largest property casual insurance, you might be able to guess who that, who has a PE of 10, and dividend yield of two, which I find that kind of attractive. All this information, more is, is that, you know, we get it out every Friday at the KPP Premium Newsletter. And we send it straight to your inbox every Friday. It's easy to subscribe. 
directly through investtalk.com. It's very easy. It's less than $10 a month, by the way. Okay. And now I invite you in your financial questions right now. Ask anything financial, 888-99-CHART. And what's our feature talking point today? Walmart executives are bullish on their competitive outlook. They had strong second quarter earnings. And that sparked a rally in Walmart. Also, just noticed yesterday at Target did the same thing. Hmm. Some of the other things we're going to talk about. How about Powell? I want to talk about Chairman Powell today and his speech. Everybody's waiting on pins and needles to see what he's going to say about interest rates. Oh, I'm going to share that with you. You know who Mark Halbert is? He's a writer for uh, MarketWatch.com. He talks about September has is being statistically the worst month of the year and is consistently the worst month of the year in stocks. Let me give you some more facts on that. And how does a 401k work? Do you really know how it works? Many of you do. But I want to go over more some specifics for those people who don't know how it works. The market was up pretty nicely today. 133 points on the Dow, 18 points on the S&P 500, and 67 points on the NASDAQ. So we ended the week on an up note when, the, when it was kind of a flat week up until today. So today kind of pushed the numbers up above the doldrums of the week. Should we get excited about the market now that we're just on the S&P 500, just uh, surpassed, surpassed the February, the January high, recovering from the September, the February, uh, the January high, recovering from the February correction, and it took us this long to get back there. Now the question is, can it hold, really, and continue on? I think it can. I think we might have volatility, but I think it can. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for making time for Invest Talk today. We do the show live every weekday from 4 to 5 Pacific time. If I would appreciate if you tell your friends and family members about it. They can listen through live streaming on investtalk.com or later later via archive podcast shows. You know, we, we podcast it every day. But now let's keep the momentum going. Please call 888-99-CHART. It's a Friday Invest Talk. August is sailing by. The weekend is warmed up and ready to start. And you've got an idea for an investment play in mind. But is it a good idea? Is it a safe play? Well, Steve can help you with this and lots of other scenarios. He's here now and taking your calls live. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Three things. Walmart wants you to know about them. Okay, the biggest thing, whenever you're comparing sales, retail sales in a company that has stores, the, 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 primary, uh, the primary statistic that you should follow is same store sales a year ago. How much growth in same store sales? Okay, and that's the way all stores kind of start off with in their financial 
analysts, okay? So how did Walmart do? That was, you know, the first thing everybody looks at, the first thing I look at, the first thing anybody who's studying any of these kind of stores looks at. And their same store sales were up 4.5%, and that's up from 2% the prior quarter. So there were more than double the same store sales. That's very high for a company as large as Walmart. And then that really was the key to the bounce. I mean, they really thought. And what they, what other people liked about it, other analysts liked about the company, is that their their um, digital sales increased sharply as well. Uh, digital sales grew at. 40% versus 33% in the last quarter. So those things. Now, you got to step back and look at it. Digital sales might have grown, but they're still losing money on that sector of their business because they're still spending money to build it out. So Walmart has done, done very well. Target kind of mirrored these numbers as well. So... Why, and of course, they're a very big chain retail store too. Why Walmart and Target? What this tells me though, if you sit back, is Amazon's going to have some competition. There's, these stores are not going to roll over and just give everything to Amazon. And of course, we all know what Amazon's doing. It's a great company that's growing still dramatically. And I find it interesting that they're starting to build out Amazon stores. So, because that's not, that's not how they got where they are today it was all digital digital sales anyways uh so i think walmart is telling you you know that they're not just going to go away i think a lot of people were feared that all retail stores are going to disappear no they're not you know they're just going to have tough competition and it's going to come from the online retailers they got to find a solution to be online also that's it. That's all they have to do. They got to find that solution. Now that's going to be tough. I'm not saying it's easy, but once they find it, then they'll be able to compete with other online retailers, and they'll be fine. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for making this program a must-hear, informational kind of place to be, especially on this busy Friday. And I appreciate you listening. We'll get back to your questions right after the break, and this. Uh, I hope to give you time to get to the phone. Give me a call. Our lines are now open. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Steve is here to help you find answers and to see you through the decision-making process. So, you'll want his number. Call Steve now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Kent in Texas. How you doing, Kent? I'm fine, Steve. Thank you for talking to me, sir. Uh, Thank I'm you for calling. I'm calling about Kraft Heinz, Steve. Kraft Heinz is, um, you know, is just like the rest of the consumer cyclicals, it's it's in the doldrums right now, right around 59 bucks, And it's got a real good yep. dividend yield. I'm a senior looking for income, but it's got a price to cash flow of 70 on Yahoo Finance and on Seeking Alpha both. And, and that's uh, extremely high from what I understand. Can you give me your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think uh, Kraft Heinz, everybody, the symbol is K. 
HC, KAC. It's a big company, $72 billion company. I mean, it's mega cap. They're going to make 371 per share this year. That's the estimate, 388 next year from 355 for last year. So it's growing nicely, 5% sales uh, earnings growth. Sales are just growing 1%, and that's just barely. So their sales are not growing. It's kind of hard to grow a company that's $72 billion in size. But it does pay that dividend, and it's 4.2%, and there's no danger of that dividend. I mean, this, the cash flow is very high. They have uh, the return on equity is pretty low of that seven percent, so it's not a most exciting stock, Kent. It just really isn't. But I will say this: it's at the low range of its price, and if you're looking for income and with the possibility of some growth down the road, well, this is a stock you could own. And yeah, there's certain certain metrics that makes it look a little on the expensive side, but. For the, but they're only trading at one-time book value. That's pretty low. Book value mean they're, they're $59 share per share. That's about, if you liquidate the company, that's about how much they would get for the company, $59 a share. That's pretty good on a valuation basis, I think. Now, I can find some flaws in the company, but I like also, you know, there are flaws. A little bit too much debt, in my opinion. But I do like the fact that management owns like 20% of the company. That's, remember, they're only 20% of a $71 billion company. That's a lot. So I kind of like it, Kent, at this point. I, okay. I kind of like it. looks okay. like it's basing. So good okay, luck with well, it. I'm looking for income, so that looks like a really good place to go for, you know, the, yeah. the dividends yeah. over the next few years. Yeah. So Yeah. Well, yeah, they've you, never cut friend. their dividends. I do appreciate your service. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Let's go to Noel in Napa. How you doing, Noel? No, you there? Do we lose Noel in Napa? Maybe we lost Noel. Okay, that's funny because it doesn't sound like he dropped, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, well, we, we, I don't mind. I didn't, you know, uh, Powell met this week, you know, and when I say Powell, you know, I'm talking about our federal chairman, uh, Green, you know, the the. Federal Reserve Chairman, and a bunch of economic bigwigs met in Jackson Hole, Wyoming this week and talk about whatever they were going to talk about. I don't know what they talked about personally. But he gave a speech today, and everybody was kind of waiting on the speech to see what he would say about interest rates. And he said that uh, they're, he's got, they're going to stay the course of slowly rising interest rates, which most people expected. So we all are expecting two more increases. He pretty much, we pretty much know it's probably going to, the Fed is going to raise the rates in September and probably again in December. But what he said that kind of sparked the market, I think this is what really sparked the market to be up today, was that he said there was really no sign of inflation moving above the 2% target that they have. Remember, he's saying it. He's the Federal chairman, Federal Reserve Chairman. He meets, you know, he gets information from all 12 Federal Reserve districts in the United States, and he's saying that he really doesn't see any acceleration in f inflation. And of course, inflation eats into corporate earnings. If inflation sparks, Federal Reserve will want to try to kill it by raising interest rates faster. So this is good news for stock market participants that he is saying 
that he sees no acceleration in inflation. So, and I, I've talked, I've mentioned on their show many times that I don't see it either, and all the numbers that I share with you that I see coming out, and we're not seeing, you know, they're seeing some inflation pressures, like you can't say oil prices haven't gone up, and you, 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 start, you look at housing over the last couple of years, yeah, man, that's really, are we seeing, but we're not seeing acceleration in inflation. And that's the worrying part, the acceleration. Matter of fact, I'll argue that we're starting to see housing starting to have problems. Not, see, that might be too harsh, too too strident of a statement. We're starting to see housing weakening, not necessarily being as robust as it was. Existing home sales and uh, new home sales are down for the last couple, three, four months. They're, they're slightly down. So it's not all positive there. Therefore, less inflation pressure maybe, at least from that sector. Okay, Monday on Invest Talk, Federal Reserve Chief navigates treacherous political and economic waters. In spite of the political landmines, analysts expect the Fed to continue its gradual tightening of interest rates. We all I just mentioned that they were do that. So Justin will be there on Monday and he'll break this down for you. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. That's our number. We thank you for subscribing to our podcast. You can join our Talk insiders and gain access to our library of webinars, like Seeing the Cycles, How to Recognize and Harness the Power of Market Cycles. Hidden in the continuous stream of numbers are cyclical occurrences, which help us anticipate both opportunity and risk. It's a free benefit for our InvestTalk listeners. Just click on the InvestTalk tab on InvestTalk.com. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, where their number one mission is helping you grow and protect your money. How does KPP do that? Which of their special programs is best suited for your financial situation? Well, you can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. Even better, contact Steve or Justin through a message on InvestTalk. Start on the Contact Us top menu link. You can call right now with your questions, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Noel again. How are you doing, Noel Napa? Uh, good, Steve. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, uh, we've talked about it before, uh, AMD, but it's uh, yes. just been so strong lately, It's and, and you have more information. Anyhow, yesterday it was up $1.75, and today up $1.69, and it's not a high-priced stock. And, of course, nope. uh, Intel has faltered and one of the other chip makers, so... Maybe that's one of the reasons AMD is picking up some of that business. I don't. I don't know. What, what does your intelligence say there? It, it, it. What's happening is that it looks like they are going to uh, take advantage of Intel's slipping uh, with the, some brand new chips they're coming out with, uh, and they're, mm-hmm. you know, even though it's expensive, I think it might deserve to be expensive. Um, Sales in the last quarter, the most recent quarter, were up 53% for them. Now, 
they weren't making money uh, all the way up, in, you know, they, for a number of years they weren't making money. But starting in 2017, they started making money again, 11 cents in 2017, then 46 cents this year per share, and then 63 cents mm -hmm. per share next year. And that, put, that means the stock is selling around a 20 PE, and I really don't think that's unreasonable, 25 PE, when you're growing sales 50%. Even yeah, though it's had a great right. run, you know, no, but it's have had a great yeah, run. You I, know that, right? It, anyhow, it's just uh, unexpected strength lately, and and the thing is, I've yep. I've had it just a little over a year, and it's up 139 percent since I bought it. Ooh, so congratulations. I, I, yeah, That's I don't want to, but I'm not. I don't. Wanna, I'm not trying to be a braggart, but I don't want to be a pig on this stock either. <laughs> so I would hold so, on uh, to it. This is what I would do, Noel. I would hold on to it, maybe follow it with a trailing stop as it continues up. You know, it's been above, mm -hmm. you know, maybe a, maybe the 20 or 50-day moving average. The 20-day moving average right now is at $19.82. Remember, it's at 23.98. Yeah. But that's going to go up. Yeah. That That's going to, that's rising sharply, you know, the moving averages. And the 50-day moving average mm -hmm. is 17.869. I, I don't know. It depends if you're a longer-term investor and use a longer-term moving average to get it to get out, you know, the trigger to get yeah, out. Yeah, well, I'm a long-term guy. Uh, how, how far would, what would you trail it? A couple of dollars uh, trail it that much? Or? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. I, I would give it a, give it 10% or so right now at this, at this point. Give it 10%. Appreciate the call, Noel. Thank you very much. Let's go to Mike in uh, San Jose. How you doing, Mike? Good, Steve. I was hoping you'd take a look at Caterpillar and tell me what your opinion might be, please. Okay, everybody knows who Caterpillar is. They're a big, very large company, $82 billion. Uh, manufactures construction and mining equipment. They're out of Deerfield, Illinois. Um, sales are increasing 24% the last quarter, 31% the quarter before that. For the last year, it's been around 30% growth in sales. And earnings are, are up 70% for the estimate is for next year, for, and then another 10% after that. And it's a $138 stock, going to make $12.80. It's cheap. It's cheap. Uh, so on a value basis, I kind of like it. They pay a 2.5%. Now, the chart does not look that strong, but it looks like it's putting a base in around between 132 and 130 $38 right around. This is kind of the base that it's been putting in. Uh, 140 132 140 But I think the stock is inexpensive. It, it's a, paying a 2.5%. Uh, one of the reasons why it's inexpensive is it ha does have lots of debt. And that's a, that's a, I would take a look at that debt and find out why they have so much. And they can pay it. They have very high cash flow. That's not a problem. But, you know, you're looking for profits here. And I think that might be why the stock is not doing that well, because the debt is holding it back. But as far as value, the stock is cheap, Mike. Caterpillar, CAT is the symbol. Thanks for the call. Do you see a resistance or support? Yeah, the support is right around 130, 132. Lots of support around 132. Resistance starts to come in really heavy at 157. Come in right in there. Thank you, Noel. Appreciate it. Uh, Mike, appreciate it. Chris and Hayward, how you doing, Chris? I'm doing good. How you doing, Steve? Good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. 
Oh, um, uh, I just want to see uh, what's your opinion on TDF, uh, Templeton Dragon Fund. Okay, that's a closed-in fund investing primarily in the Chinese, Japanese, Asia-Pacific companies. Closed-in, so it's, an, it's like an ETF, but it's, it's a closed-in fund. Closed-in, do you know what that means, Chris, being a closed-in fund? No, no, what is that? Okay, what that means is most ETFs and mutual funds are opened-in, meaning they issue more shares when more money gets poured into the to buy the mutual fund or the ETF. A closed-in fund means they only issue a certain amount of shares. That's it. No more. They're not going to issue more. So what tends to happen is the things that they buy, that they hold in the fund, and this one is holding Chinese and Japanese companies, people can want those companies and they can drive the price of the closed-in fund higher than the value of the holdings. Or people can hate them and drive the price of the Temple Dragon Fund lower than the value that's in them. So many times these closed-in funds sell at a premium or a discount to the value of the stocks they're holding. And you definitely want to find out that before you buy it. The idea is you would rather buy it at a discount because maybe then it'll go to value. Okay? And then it's as simple as that. So... If you want to be in the Chinese and Japanese market, this Templeton Dragon Fund is a good fund to get you there. Okay? They, they're in the uh, market. This, now, China... This, go ahead. Uh, at this uh, point in the market, would you take a position in this? I might I might do that because China's been in a bear market, and I think it looks like they, the, the, the bear market in China might might be be petering out. Therefore, this is, might be a good price to get in. And Chinese mm -hmm. stocks, and I mentioned emerging market stocks yesterday. I think that they've also been beat up enough. So you, I think it might be a good time to be in it. And it looks like it put in a bottom and is recovering from that bottom. So, yeah, I kind of kind of like the play, yes. Okay, Chris? TDF, everybody. T, D is a dog, F is in Frank. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And if you're a regular listener, you probably noticed a theme, a pattern to our presentation. Josh and I work very hard to bring you honest and unbiased investing information. We try to be as analytical as we can. We are never influenced by third-party promoters. No one talks to us, tries to convince us of anything. We don't do that. Our thoughts and comments are our own. No one else's. In the end, you will see that this commitment, our promise to you, will produce consistent, reliable results for you over time. And that goes for our listeners and our KPP clients as well. And yes, we always listen to and appreciate your input. So please call 888-99-CHART. Steve Peasley's August 29th Portfolio Review Appointments Calendar for San Jose is now filled. So thank you, InvestTalk listeners. However, if you're not able to meet with Steve in San Jose and you are serious about improving the efficiency, security, and performance of your portfolio, you are welcome to contact Steve or Justin at their Dana Point, California office. And of course, you can always get a message to them through the Contact Us page at InvestTalk.com. InvestTalk Radio continues now. 
And remember that you can invite your friends to listen live weekdays in the 4 o'clock hour Pacific time or whenever they like from the podcast page at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve's here and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay. So we talked about Paul Powell, chairman, uh, federal chairman Powell, he's going to raise rates. Now let's talk about September. September is known and statistically is the worst performing month for the Dow going all the way back to 1896. And it's, the average of its fall is 1.03%. And it's consistent meaning at most Septembers it falls. Now when you say most, I want you to know, 42% of the time, Septembers are up, just so you know. So don't think it's like, oh my God, 80% of the time, no, 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 no. It's statistically, it's significant that it falls, you know, 50, uh, uh, 58, 56% of the time. You know, it's statistically... Uh, uh, important, okay? And, yeah. Now, the average gain of the rest of the month, because really, it, you really want to compare the rest of the month, is up 0.76%. Up 0.76, whereas the rest of the months are up. Okay? Every month, 0.76 on average, except for September. Now, what is the reasons for this? The, they've been studying this forever, and one, I'm trying to figure out why is this the case, and here's three of the main three of the main theories out there. Okay, number one, coming back from vacation, investors are more prone to sell than they are to buy. Investors have to. That's number one. Number two, investors have to sell to pay for tuition for private schools and colleges and high schools, so, and these people are, have money and they sell to produce that tuition payment. And the third is, the increase in trading volume after Labor Day is mostly bearish. Why? That really doesn't tell us why. Why is it mostly bearish? But that's the third thing that the Mark Hulbert, who writes for MarketWatch.com, quoted as, you know, the reason. So, that's why I'm, I'm not so aggressive, even though I'm pretty happy that the market's moving up and I'm, you know, it's now getting to the, where it, the highs were the year and the S&P broke it up above that today. And the Dow hasn't, but the NASDAQ, you know, I, I like that. Okay, we're good. I, and I've been predicting a rally to the end of the year. I'm just not sure the rally is already starting to happen. We're, I think we're going to see some volatility in September. Doesn't mean down volatility, it means both directions. So we're going to get volatility. And it doesn't mean that you can, you know, use, the, one thing I want to warn you, you can't just use these numbers and say, well, I'll just get out in September and get back in. You know, that doesn't necessarily guarantee you making money. It does not. Because, you know, what about taxes? What about the cost to get in and out? What you know, There's things that you got to worry about. And are, are you disciplined to get in and out, you know, most people getting back in is the issue. I will say this. What you could do, what I think you should do, is buy the lows of September or October. 
Buy the lows. Buy. Let's go to Vincent, San Jose. How you doing, Vincent? I'm good. How you doing, Steve? I'm good. I appreciate the call. Oh, yes. Yes, I want to find out about gold. Yeah, no one likes gold. No one's talking about gold. Yeah. It's a good hedge for inflation. It's, it's a great inflation hedge. It's a great place to be for defensive purposes if you think the market's going to go down. But it's had it had a good, a decent day today, but it's had a really bad last three or four months. Okay, it's been in a downtrend. Yeah. I I like it as you know I'm not a big gold person. I am not, but I do like it as a hedge against volatility, a hedge against the dollar. I think the dollar has been very high, and I don't think it's going to stay that high. So if the dollar goes yeah. down, gold tends to go up. So I think this is a good time to put a, a gold type of hedge on if that's you know your inclination, Vincent. Yeah. Um, any specific time. Uh, like funds that you would uh, recommend? Well, I like the uh, the gold miners ETF as opposed to the actual gold. You know because oh, they are generally more leveraged to the price of gold. In other words, they go up faster. If gold goes up 5%, the gold miners index will go up faster 10%. See, because they're, they're, oh. because they're, 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 they're much more sensitive. So I would do the, not necessarily buy the actual gold ETF, but the gold miners ETF. It's pretty hard to buy individual gold uh, miners yourself, even though I have several of them in, our, in a couple of our managed accounts, gold miners. Do you have one okay. specific ETF? Do you have one specific ETF, uh, uh, gold miners? Uh, yeah, I, I do, um, and it's GDX. I'm probably going to get in trouble for even mentioning it from the SEC, but GDX is a gold miners ETF that I like. GDX, it's okay. George David X-Ray. Correct. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the thank call. You, Appreciate it. Thank you, Vincent. Oh, it's not. It's Benson, not Vincent. Okay, sorry, Benson. I, I apologize. Hard to believe, but our Friday Get Ready for the Weekend show is almost over, everybody. It's almost over. Do not despair, though. we still got 10 minutes left in the program. So let's talk about how to grow your money in those 10 minutes. We can do it. Just give me a call. Ask any financial questions you want. How you make, how to make smart investment choices. And really, that's what it's all about. So get your calls in to me. 888-99-CHART. Next Invest Talk, in spite of the political landmines, analysts expect the Fed to continue gradual tightening of interest rates. That's Monday, but now Steve is here, ready, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to B-Rock and Fremont. How you doing, B-Rock? Uh, hi, uh, hi, Steve. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I would You're like welcome. to know... Hi, I would like to know about the ticker DXCM, that is Dexcom. So DS in dog, okay. XS in Xmas, CS in cat, I got it. and MS in money. Yeah. Okay. 
This is a company so uh, that's out of. Yeah. Okay, this is you already, you already own some, is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. This is a company uh, based in San Diego, develops continuous glucose monitoring systems for ambulatory use by patients with diabetes. And of course, diabetes is becoming more and more of a problem, so that, that's a growth industry. Uh, their sales are growing very nicely. They've picked up to 42% growth this most recent quarter. Before that, they're in their high 20s, uh, uh, 30%. Uh, the, the problem you have is they're not, they don't make any money. They, they're going to lose 50 cents a share this year and then 2 cents a share next year. Why is the stock doing so well? I mean, it's a you know, $136 stock. Why is it doing so well? Because their sales growth is doing so well that the uh, assumption is, is that they will make money and they'll make lots of money going forward. I, don't, I, I would follow it up with a pretty tight stop, though, because they don't make any money. Yeah, the story is very good, uh, B-Rock, but don't get carried away. Hold on to it too long. Just follow it up with a stop. Keeps rising. Just stay with it. But if it starts to roll over, I'd have us out. I would get a, have an out. Appreciate the call, B-Rock. Thank you. Let's go to Mike in Costa Mesa. How you doing, Mike? Hi, Steve. Thank you for your program. Um, I have a question about Thank a uh, stock of a pharmaceutical. Uh, I've know been all about for it. the last six, seven months. And I've been thinking of buying it. Uh, there's a lot of uh, support and, I guess, good news in the sense that they got proof for Epke uh, and, and uh, Warren Buffett bought into it. Uh, just like your opinion on it. I like Teva at this point. We owned it last year when it was falling, falling, falling. It was very difficult because, you know, the management was changing. They cut their dividend. And it fell all the way down to $12 a share. Now it's back up to 23 Mind you, it was at $72 a share in 2015. I think they I think they bottomed. I think this is a good time to buy it. They've had four days where they're going down. But I still think this is a good place to buy it. They, they, you know, they're going to make $2.84 next year, $2.79 this year. But that's they made $4 last year per share. That's why it got beat up so much. But they have some they, uh, things that look to be turning around for them. It's, it, it, Mike, as long as you have a long-term outlook, it, this would be a place to buy. Teva, T-E-V-A. It's a generic drug maker, everybody. That's the world's largest generic drug maker. Let's go to Greg in San Jose. How you doing, Greg? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for the call. Yeah, so I was wondering if Bitcoin was still a good option to buy right now. I wouldn't buy Bitcoin uh, because I have no way to know what it's worth. And I don't think anybody knows or has a way to know what it's worth. Um, but, you know, it could skyrocket like it did before and collapse again. I mean, this is going to it's like riding a roller coaster. OK, Greg. Uh, and no one knows where it's going to go. Will cryptocurrency survive? I kind of think that they might be around for for a very long time, yes. But there's no way to know, to put a value on it. It's just what you think it's worth and what the next guy thinks it's worth or the next gal, what she thinks it's worth. You buy to them, they sell you. 
It's very difficult to put a valuation. I do not know how to evaluate it. So I hate to tell you, no. And how do you know that it's $18,000 or $30,000? I, I, I don't know. So I'm kind of, it's really a coin toss. If you're going to take a risk in it, Greg, just make sure, Greg, that it's a small risk. Don't put a ton of money in it because it is so volatile. Appreciate the call. Thank you. That's it for the day, everybody. Another Invest Talk radio show for the record books. If you want to replay any or all of today's program, you can. It's free. Check out our podcast player library at investtalk.com. Thanks for listening, and please come back on Monday. I'm Steve Peasley, and good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein, chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.